Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Things You Learn in Therapy. I'm your host, Dr. Beth Trammell. I'm a licensed psychologist, and I recorded this episode amidst having this dream for creating a resource that folks could come to, to hear from expert therapists with their best topics, their best strategies, the best things they talk to clients about. Not because I want to replace the powerful work that therapists do or um, to replace the intensity of work that needs to be done for some folks in the therapy room. Instead, this podcast is meant to just add to that, to be a space where you can hear some things. And honestly, as a kind of mid-level career, I've been doing this for about 20 years, therapy or um, as a psychologist, and I still am learning. So I hope that there are therapists listening who can also take a lot from these episodes. Today's episode is from an Australian that I met in a Facebook group who shares her love of mindfulness and sharing resources with parents that they can use really easily in their own living room. And really that's at the heart of what this whole podcast is about, right? Almost kind of giving it away for free to folks who need the help. And so if you found this Um, episode to be helpful. I hope you share it with others and let folks know uh, about the work that Kristen's doing over in Australia. And if you want to know anything else about any of the work, be sure to listen to the end of the episode to hear about other work that I might be doing. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey, so y'all are going to love who I have on with me today. I actually, I didn't say this before we started recording, but I was a little bit nervous today. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know how this is all going to work out. I was mostly worried that I was going to miss the time zone change because y'all today we have someone coming all the way from Australia straight to your, um, to your listening ears here, a fellow psychologist who I found on social media, who just had so many things that uh, just really resonated with so many approaches that I take and um, just really kind of reinforced a lot of the ideas, but in a slightly different way. And so I'm just really excited to have the therapist parent here with us. That's your, your, your Facebook candle, but Kristen, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us one fun thing about you. Ah, well, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm Kristen Tapperell and I'm a psychologist in Australia. Um, I, I work uh, in schools mainly and help uh, implement social emotional learning programs. Um, I also have private work where I do autism diagnostic assessments. Um, And I've written a children's book um, to help parents and kids who are having nightmares, so strategies to help with that. And I've also um, brought out some gratitude cards to help kids with gratitude. One fun thing about myself, I guess, is I'm also an artist and I've been trying to have my solo art exhibition for the last two years, but it's been cancelled every time due to COVID restrictions. So hopefully next year. That's amazing. What kind of art is it going to be for this exhibition? Uh, it's uh, oils, oil paintings, and they're usually mainly landscapes, but uh, it's a technique called open impressionism. 
So lots of colour and um, not not a lot of blending, just putting colours next to each other. Yeah. I love this so much. And y'all, um, as Kristen and I were chatting before we started, I realized that she is basically my Australian twin because we have a lot of the same background and we take a lot of the same uh, approaches, but she has some really cool stuff that I want y'all to hear about. One um, being your book about nightmares. And I know that you have some distribution coming to America and we're really excited about that, but really there are some, some great things on your website. And I think the thing that I really love is that you know, you kind of started writing this because you realized that maybe not everyone needs to come to the therapy room, um, but maybe some some can find help um, in a book. And that doesn't mean that people who have more significant needs just skip out on doing therapy, but maybe you start here with, with a resource like your book. So tell us a little bit about what kind of prompted you to write this book and, and tell us a little bit about what it's about. Yeah, so when I was doing a lot more private practice and um, seeing kids regularly in my rooms, it didn't really matter what they were coming to see me for. Nightmares is something that is pretty universal. Like kids have nightmares um, and and it impacts the whole family. Like it, yeah. when kids aren't sleeping, parents aren't sleeping and um, and that just you know, brings a whole other cycle. So uh, it's, a, it's a technique that I learned a long time ago um, where we change the ending of the dreams. And I just found it so effective. Um, kids responded really well to it. And I thought this is really silly that parents have to come and see a psychologist to learn this because it's a simple technique. Parents can do it at home. Uh, so that's why I wrote the book. And it also was to give parents the words to say. Like I think parents... Um, when their kids have nightmares, it's just, you know, well, they're half asleep most of the time anyway, but <laughs> they'll respond, you know, oh, it's just a dream. Don't think about it. But the thing is, if we tell people not to think about it, they're going to think about it and it doesn't right. help. So in the book, it also sort of gives parents things that they can say to be helpful in those moments as well. Oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. I, I think it probably is so empowering for those parents because... I think they're just so distressed and then, yeah, it's the middle of the night or they're like, yeah. I don't know what to say. And all I want to do is go back to sleep. And so many parents are probably worried they've said the wrong thing or maybe they are going to say the wrong thing. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that it's just been so well received by both kids and uh, parents. Yeah, yeah. Every I've had some fabulous reviews, but yeah. It, and the thing is, actually, when I wrote it, I, I found uh, Dr. Justin Haven in the UK and he has done his PhD in this technique. Now, I didn't know that when I wrote the book, I hadn't, but he, um, what he calls dream completion therapy. And so I sent him a copy of my book and he ended up writing the forward for it because he has found it so effective. He, a technique that he usually uses with adults, um, with PTSD and and traumas um, but it's the same technique and it works really really well with kids when you let them use their imagination and and use that as a strength um, to to manage their dreams I you know as you were describing it I know in therapy I've used that technique with trauma um, in the past with adult with adult clients and I hadn't ever really thought about it for um, for our kid clients so 
I, I think it's great. What is the age range that you generally talk about um, kind of for this book? Is it something that kids should read on their own with a parent with them? What do you generally say? Uh, look, I, I think you can start fairly, fairly young, even like three or four um, with a parent. But it's something that, it, it, well, like we were just saying, it's a technique that adults can use too so even older kids can read the book and and be able to do it but I think the way I've written it is with a parent guiding the child through so I think it's a really nice thing to do with parent and child together you know I think it even if it's even if you're listening and you're like well you know we haven't gotten to having nightmares with my kiddo I think like you're saying I mean it can be used for all sorts of things. Maybe there was a a fight that happened on the playground and it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. The technique stands for a a situation like that, right. Where they can kind of imagine how it might have gone differently if they wanted, you know, to try something else. I think that that's an important thing to remember here too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The technique is just, it can be used in so many ways, but, um, and it's really effective, but simple. Once we learn how to do it, it's it's simple and effective. Yeah. And I think once you get confidence in practicing it, right, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's what you see too. I know that's what I see is like, once you kind of give parents the tools, they're like, oh, well, I can do that. And then I can apply it here and I can apply it here. And it becomes this thing that, that then the child even starts practicing on his or her own too, right? They're like, well, let's rewrite this ending, right? Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's what uh, parents have been telling me is that, um, yeah, they, they practice it a bit. And I, it says that in the book, you know, it takes practice, you have to keep Mm -hmm. trying. Um, But in the end, kids are waking up, and then being able to change it themselves and going back to sleep. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, I, um, as as I was also thinking about some of the work that you do, right? So sleep, nightmares, we know how important that is, (laughs) frankly. For whatever reason, my kids have just been waking up in the middle of the night, these last couple of nights. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're too old to be doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's talk about gratitude, right? I love, um, I love talking about gratitude. I talk about gratitude journaling a lot. I talk about kind of doing a, a seven or a 14 day series and you have some cards, right? It's kind of a similar idea, but the idea of kind of prompting parents or kids to remember to be grateful. How important yeah. have you found that to be? Uh, look, gratitude is so, so important. And we know from research that when kids learn to uh, learn the skill of gratefulness, because it's not just something that you just have you have to learn it yeah Um, so good yeah that when they are able to do that they're less likely to develop anxiety and depression and other difficulties as adults like it is so much research that that shows that and and it helps um in so many ways but journaling is fabulous and that's a really great thing to do for older kids but I find with younger kids they the, the younger we start doing it the better but when you sort of say to kids, okay, so what are you grateful for? I, I speak to a lot of parents that, you know, they're, they're trying this and they, they get into the routine, so at bedtime or at dinner time, so what are you grateful for? And it starts out okay, but it's like friends, family, food, house, and then they yes. get stuck. 
<laughs> so and I think as adults, we get stuck on that too. Yeah. Like, yeah, what else? So what I did is I um, created some and illustrated some gratitude cards for kids to give them some prompts. So it's not just all the things that they have, although that is in there, um, but it's also looking at what are their favourite memories, what are um, things that they've overcome that were hard and now they can do, like all the things that they could be grateful for um, and not, not just those five simple things <laughs> that we usually yeah. think of. Yeah. So, and, and I also, I think parents also get stuck with, okay, other than saying, what are you grateful for? <laughs> They're like, okay, well, what else do we sort of say? So I've also added some questions in there that, that help parents uh, direct their kids and, and get out those, those things that they can be grateful for in there as well. I think it's so good to remind folks that it is a skill to practice and to learn. It's not just like something that we are. And I think a couple of your posts on social media and, and the one that really um, is the reason that I reached out to you is if we really want children to change their behavior, we have to teach them new skills, not punish them for not having the skills. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. And for me, it ties back to gratitude because I think there were a couple of posts that you made in terms of how do we keep our cool, right? When kids are being naughty or kids are misbehaving and instead of just punishing them I think if we spend more time in a lens of gratitude I think it allows us to take more of a breath to remember yes. this right that it's like okay they don't have the skill and I can't really punish them because they don't have the skill I need to actually teach them that skill I think that's hard sometimes for parents. To remember. It's very hard. It's really hard for um, parents. They think that, you know, because we're putting these things on um, social media that we've got it all together and we oh, absolutely man. don't. <laughs> it's hard for us too. <laughs> like we do get it. Um, and we, I still have to remind myself regularly that when kids are, are you know, pushing the limits and pushing our triggers, that you need to stop and remember, okay, they don't have those skills yet. This is not an attack on me. This is them overwhelmed with their emotions. I need to step back. And, yeah, you're right, doing some gratitude or, or some mindfulness or just something to, to give you a moment to be able to think clearer um, is is absolutely what we need to do because they don't have the skills. You know, their brain isn't developed. They they. They don't have the capacity to manage those emotions at that stage. They're doing the best they can. And, you know, it's all we. <laughs> okay, I got to just say this because I think as a fellow, you know, psychologist who works with kids and works with families, and I know you have your own kids and I have four kids of my own. And I'll tell you, Kristen, it took me a long time to like find the balance of presenting with like, I kind of have to keep some of my life together <laughs> because people are bringing yeah. their kid to me. And if yeah. I can't keep my life together, <laughs> then, you know, but, but then this idea of being vulnerable and saying like, it's hard for me too. You know, I, yeah. I get in those moments where I have to do the mindfulness stuff that we're going to talk about here in a second, where it's like, Okay, I'm not going to take this personally. That was one of your other posts was like, yes. don't meet their fire with your own fire. This is not about my relationship with my kid personally. They don't actually hate me. They don't actually no. think I don't love them. 
you said they're just responding with the tools they have. And I think that's so brilliant. And I think it has to become our mantra in those moments. I think I find what happens so often is the parents' expectations of what their kids' behaviour should be is just way beyond what it could be because they are not developed yet. And I think I spend a lot of my time just explaining to parents this behaviour is normal because their brain isn't developed yet. They're still in their emotional part of their brain. They're not able to think logically. They're not able to think clearly here. We need to give them those skills and then I have to explain to parents so often that you know they're not going to get that it's the same as learning to read it's the same as learning to tie their shoes they didn't do that straight away it took lots of practice and this will take practice too so I think it's just reminding ourselves that you know they're okay they're doing what they're supposed to do it's not an attack on me I need to step back remember that and then you can give them the tools but yeah it's not easy (laughs) No. And I think I have a lot of those same conversations with both parents and teachers, right? I think it's easy to forget. And without the kind of constant training and child development, you know, Mm. it's, it's like, wait a minute, are you sure? Like you're six years old. Are you sure you're supposed to still be doing this? You know, like, I think we have a lot of the same conversations where it's, yeah, yeah, actually we can't really be that upset with them right now yet because they haven't developed enough skills to be able to do that. And so let's, let's focus on skill development, right? How do we help develop those skills? And I think that's the brilliancy in your, in, in the resources that you share is that it, it really is focused on developing those skills, right? So it's, you know, helping with sleep and nightmares and helping with gratitude. And I'm really excited about where you're headed um, also with mindfulness. So tell us a little bit about where your um, approach to mindfulness kind of goes and, and where, it, why it started that way. Um, well, I don't know about you, but I find as a psychologist, when um, I find things work, I want to know why. So yeah, you know, mindfulness has been around for a while um, and we know it's effective, but I I really wanted to know, okay, so but why does this work? So I did a lot of sort of research into what's really going on when we are practising mindfulness and um, when we're doing relaxation um, and, you know, how that affects our body and, and the physical changes. So, you know, how we stimulate the vagus nerve, which calms our whole body down, and that's through relaxation. And when we do practice mindfulness what that actually is doing to our brain it changes the structure of our brain and gets us to use that prefrontal cortex so gets us to do the more logical calm way of thinking rather than the emotional reactive way of thinking so when I sort of got all the evidence went, okay so this really works (laughs) um I've sort of came up with ideas of things well to use with children so some fun ways of doing mindfulness and and ways that parents can do at home which is the whole idea behind my my website um and all that I do is to give parents the tools to do these things at home um so they don't have to you know make appointments and this is hard running around to appointments and the cost and all of those kind of things and some these skills should be something that everybody knows it's and have access to so yeah so I am in the process of developing a mindfulness for kids 
course, um, online course. Um, but I've also I've written lots of blogs on it as well. If people wanted to have a look at the sort of activities and fun relaxations and things that people can do with their kids, I think it's so. I just am so excited about it because just this morning I was having a conversation about how there are not enough therapists and psychologists to meet the need. I think we're all just so overwhelmed with the pandemic and with schools. And I just think we're all in this, this kind of chronic level of emotional fatigue. And so any, you know, research-based or, or things that, that work like mindfulness and gratitude and, you know, it, it may not keep your kid from having a meltdown every day, but it might no. keep you in a different uh, lens, right? So that you're not taking it personally and you're not getting yeah. to level 10 when they're at a level 10. And so yes. I think that that is really at the heart of what we we want parents to remember too, right? Is that these things mm-hmm. are are equally as important for both your kid and for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think when I'm sort of giving ideas for parents to be able to do these things with kids, it's also things that parents can practice for themselves as well. And the only way kids are going to learn is if we model it for them. So it's things you can do together. So yeah, it's important for everybody. Whether your kids two or 22, honestly, I mean, (laughs) mindfulness yeah. gratitude and dream directors it it spans the lifespan absolutely yeah. yeah oh my gosh okay so any any last things that you're like hey i really want to share this with listeners because it's so important um no i think i just wanted to um just reinforce that you know parenting is is not easy it's not supposed to be easy you know <laughs> like it, yeah it was never going to be easy um but that's okay like we all have good days we all have bad days and we just need to pick ourselves up and keep trying and and use find the tools that we need and use them you know like everybody needs to you and I need to find tools all the time for our kids as well so it's not something you're just going to know how to do it's so good okay so Kristen tell people how to find you on social media, your website, your book, how can they get access to all the great resources that you've just talked about? Uh, So I'm on Instagram and Facebook as The Therapist Parent. Um, And my website is also thetherapistparent.com. And on that is, there's lots of free sort of information blogs. Um, You can also buy my book, uh, for you guys in America on Amazon, it's been released now. It's the ebook, but also the paperback should be ready about now, I think. Um, the My gratitude cards, I, I can send them to America, but I only have them here at the moment. So you'll have to um, buy them from my book, uh, my website, if you, if you want to do that. I am so thankful for you and Honestly, the work that you're doing and the worldwide influence that I know that this will have is, is really just remarkable. And I'm so thankful that you took time out of your morning to be with me and to share with listeners. So I just really appreciate you. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was great. Yeah. I can't wait to get access to those, um, those resources, both the book. And as soon as you get those cards figured out, I know you'll figure it out how to get them over here. Well, I mean, I'm happy to post them. You can buy them from my website. It's just um, postage is expensive. So if you know anyone in America that would like to stop them, let me know. (laughs) Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. 
Well, thank you for being here. And um, folks, you can always reach me on my website, makewordsmatterforgood.com. And until next time, thanks for listening.